All right, we live, Phil. We are, we're live. And um, hopefully I'll be able to see you soon. I can't see you at the moment. Cheers. But uh, there you are. Cheers. I can see you. Look what I've got. Look what I've got. Look at that. <laughs> people, people are going to be loving us right now, Liverpool that, supporters. That's just, our unity right there. Liverpool supporters just pressed the leave button, didn't they? Just leave. They've gone. And I, I've even got my name on the other side in case I forget my name in the middle of the interview. That is fantastic. And I've got the uh, place where this was made on the other side. I think it's made in Wuhan. <laughs> I was about to say that, but I thought too soon. And I did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, just while people are joining us, we are we're talking about that this clothing is a part of the whole Christian clothing. Yeah. We, we're not sure if it's going to make it to heaven. No, it's Christian clothing. I mean, <laughs> focus on the good, focus on God and Theo. Theo. Focus on, focus on Theo, who's a lovely we all, person. We all know a Theo. We all... <laughs> I know Theo. He's a Greek guy who runs a he runs a fruit a fruit veg shop. <laughs> this has started so well. I remember I had I know this is gonna bless people. I had a jumper that said rock and roll. And then you went a little bit closer and it says my feet are on the rock and my name is on the roll. Yes. It's well, yeah, there was a whole lot of those. There was the one that had like instead of um, Coca-Cola, the real thing. In the, it had Jesus Christ in the Coca-Cola yeah. writing, the real thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure whoever made that got uh, sued for millions <laughs> from Coca-Cola. <laughs> and I feel like everyone who sold these T-shirts always had like a statistic to back it up. Like, did you know, forty thousand people will see a T-shirt in the span of a lifetime. <laughs> They were also the same people who were distributing the end times uh, flyers and and watching the end times movies. I don't know if you remember the end time movies, Thomas, but uh, Thief in the Night. Yeah, uh, I mean they were they were nerve wracking. You literally wanted would get saved. Oh my god! I would just... I would wake up you know Saturday morning and I'm like hello, hello, <laughs> because you were concerned that. If anyone was not going to make the rapture in your family, it was you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope we'll all I'll be, be ready. ready. <laughs> Larry Norman. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is all part of our history. Two people walking down, 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 down. Yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing. Fantastic. Well, so, hey, Phil, this is awesome. It's great to be here. We've got Kingdom Builders, Vision Impactors from South Africa, Kingdom Builders, Vision Impactors from Denmark, even Malmö. even from Malmo. The mayor of Malmo has joined us, yeah. George. The mayor of Malmo. I mean, it's 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 an auspicious occasion. We have uh, we got Kingdom Builders from Aarhus here, and why wouldn't we? I love Aarhus. It's my favorite place. Yes, of and um, <laughs> it's a windy place, but it's it a great is. place. Yeah, oh, it cracks me up. Everybody needs an Aarhus. <laughs> yes, they do. Cheers, Phil. 
Cheers. Again, guys. Cheers. So, how's it going in South Africa? Well, we are in day, uh, who knows, of lockdown. <laughs> We've stopped counting. Starlog. Star <laughs> Day 41, thank Day you, 41. Mandy. Day 41. Yeah, got it. Um, she, you know, she is very good with numbers. That's why she's, she's in the she's creative. She's scratching on the wall. She's scratching on the wall. She just looked over at the wall and Dude. saw the lines. Yeah. Yeah, she's very good with numbers. That's why she runs our creative team. Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, look, I mean, we're in a fairly strict lockdown. I know you guys were in one earlier, but you're coming out of that. Um, our, our kids, <laughs> yeah, you're peering out. You're allowed outside. You're allowed to go for a walk. We've just been allowed to, to exercise from 6 till 9, uh, 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. That's the only time you're allowed to exercise. And if you go for a run or anything, you have to wear a face mask, which wow. if you're running with a face mask, I don't know if you've tried that, but I'm concerned that more people are going to get physically hurt from <laughs> running with face masks than from the actual virus, because it not, it's not an easy thing to breathe with one of those things on. No, but that's part like... of what we're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But and but you would um, you would feel particularly blessed not being affected by not being able to go to the hairdresser. You it would, doesn't uh, really worry me. That's not a big issue for me. Um, you know, I have a you know twice yearly uh, haircut, and in fact, my last haircut was in Copenhagen with Eric. Eric, uh, who's he's, part he's, of your... he's watching. He's watching. Eric, I I hope my hair is. Uh, uh, you know, thumbs up. I feel good about it. Um, I don't think I'll be able to travel to Denmark anytime soon to uh, to get a trim. So that will have to happen in uh, Cape Town. Or maybe my wife will. In fact, in our household, Bella was threatening to cut Zach's hair. And <laughs> Zach's like, Bella, that is just not happening. You know how bad that went last time. And it is true. When they were very young, Bella... Uh, cut Zach's hair and they hid the hair behind the bed and we only found out when Zach came out and he, he had this hacked this hacked fringe we're like what happened and he just goes Bella wanted to cut my hair and Bella anyway, happened yeah Bella happened exactly Bella happened yeah I was with Eric this morning and uh, you know you should you you were meant to be with us around now yeah you're in yeah. in Copenhagen so with Bella, mm. so have you, time have you started any new? Uh, have you started any new routines in this uh, Corona time that you think you're going to continue on the other side? You know, I actually have. I mean, it it took me a while to get into a rhythm. It's it's interesting, isn't it? You know, I think for the first couple of weeks, I was a little like most people, a bit disjointed, and actually thinking, oh well, this will be over. You know, because the government said 21 day lockdown, then we'll be back to normal. But we've realized, you know, we're not going back to normal or what we was, what was the way life was anytime soon. And so, um, yeah, it's interesting. We, I'm actually getting up a little later than I was. I think um, our routines changed a bit. I'm starting my morning with a run. Uh, and then I'm doing a gym, uh, a garage gym workout. 
and then I jump in my pool because I like the cold water. I have quite a quite a ritual. And then uh, out of my pool, I have a little. Uh, we'll have a homemade coffee. I don't drink a lot of coffee. This is the one I have. I sit on a in a certain area and I meditate. Uh, and that is my my morning routine, and uh, oh. I'm really enjoying that. So it's it's starting a little bit later, but it's it's just become part of my rhythm. And I think it's more than just a routine; it's developing a rhythm uh, that is so important because part of our routine, or particularly Lucinda's, was she would get up early to take the kids to school. We don't have to take them to school at the moment. Uh, they they get up and they just start school. I mean, whether we're awake or not, they don't have to put on a uniform. Literally, I went into Zach the other day and he's in his bed with his dressing gown on with his, you know, coffee or whatever drink he's got next to him and his iPad right there with the, you know, the covers up, just that school. So it is, it is very different. It's changed some of the, yeah, the way the house works. So We've just been going with that and, and just enjoying dinner times together and uh, trying to make the most of it. So, you know, like obviously in this season, there's so many, you know, we're constantly bombarded with the newest thing that discovered about Corona and the government is doing this. And now we're responding to that. How are you in this season, like staying focused on what you need to do without being distracted by everything? Yeah, look, you know, it's it's interesting because I think at first, again, you're, you're getting a lot of information. You're trying to see what's going on. But after a while, I was just like, man, I am just kind of over <laughs> just <laughs> every day, you know, even just watching the news every day. I, I've had to have breaks from watching the news because I feel like it just gets overwhelming mm. and also distracting. Like you say, I think at first you're trying to figure out what's going on because we always like to be in control. Well, one of the things I've learned from this whole experience is uh, there's a lot of things I'm not in control of and things I was in control of, I'm no longer in control of. Right. Uh, you know, I have less freedom, more restrictions. I'm not in control of my day and where I can go and how I can do what I, what I used to do. I love the beach. I love the ocean. Right now I can't go there. Uh, so learning to handle this uh, is actually part of our, uh, you know, our, our emotions. And uh, so I think what I've decided to do is go, okay, I'm limiting the distractions and I'm focusing on the things that I can do and I'm trusting God with the rest. Uh, you know, we're all talking wow. about what's going to happen with church. I don't know. I'm hoping we're going to have a whole lot of people who come to our services when we join them. I can't control that. I've literally got to just trust God, you know, I mean, it's just, we, we, we might know. be replanting our churches. We might be starting all over again, but what we can do is that, you know, the, the thing is to look at what can we do. And I think we all need to be agents of hope at this time. Uh, I think in church leadership, we need to be bringing hope. We need to be looking for the positives. We need to be encouraging people because there are a lot of people who are anxious and worried. And that's why I've limited some of what I'm watching and listening to and just trying to focus on things that are going to cause me to be cut, to come out of this better, stronger and healthier and for our church to do the same. And so the question we've started posing is how can we grow in the midst of a, uh, a, a lockdown or a shutdown? Can we actually grow and not just maintain? And the question then comes down to one of health because healthy things grow. 
So we're asking right. how do we become healthier in this time in order to grow uh, rather than just forcing growth. You know, you can try and force something or you can do things with a healthy rhythm and with a healthy rhythm, growth will come. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess, um, you know, you, you look at different signs of health and one of them would be flexibility. Mm. You know, being, being yeah. able to be fl- flexible, being able to adapt. Uh, you know, we've been yeah. talking to our church here about, you know, you know, having this hybrid way of thinking, you know, mm. that we can go this way or we could go that way, but we can quickly adapt to changing circumstances. Yeah, I think here's what I've realized, and I, you know, probably a few people have been saying this, but uh, a crisis, if you want to call this a crisis, it is, I suppose, in many ways, a crisis actually reveals things. So it reveals uh, your it reveals your conviction. Uh, you know, what do I really believe uh, is revealed in a crisis? What is uh, you know? So my convictions, my character, who I am, is revealed in a crisis. It's not revealed when everything's great. No one cares about your character, or no, it's kind of you know you're a success, isn't that wonderful? But in a crisis, your character matters. It should matter all the time. But we yeah. see it in a crisis, how you respond, how you handle difficulty, how you face changing environments, uh, your conviction. What do you really believe? What are you all about? You know, uh, for a kingdom builder, their, you know, their giving capacity may have changed. Maybe their business isn't functioning at the level it was. But if their conviction is, well, I'm a kingdom builder, then it doesn't change their action or their behavior. It may mean I can't give the way I could, but I'd have a deep conviction that I'm building the kingdom of God. And so I'll find a way to do that. Uh, and so crisis reveals that about our conviction. It reveals our character. It also reveals culture. And mm. so, you know, for your team, you talk about your team creating this hybrid. If there's a culture of flexibility and a culture that is prepared to uh, change and, and adapt, and quick to pivot that that's that's a cultural thing um and you know some some organizations have struggled you know some people have struggled some people are like you know i can't you, you know this is this how do we do this and i get that we all face that to some extent but culture that is prepared to be flexible jump on to well how do we do this now try new things be prepared to fail uh, this is really important, and I'm just being so proud of our culture. I think you guys have got a similar culture there, where you've gone, "Hey, we got to do things differently, guys." What does that look like for us? We've gone, we can still pastor our church through phone calls. I think mm. since lockdown, we've made over 20,000 phone calls uh, wow. to our church, and we've made it a priority, and we've we've put a strategy together and said we can connect with people. Just make a phone call, uh, see how you're going. And so, you know, what can you do rather than what can't we do? And that is, that revealed, that's revealed in your culture, a culture that says, let's look for the solution, not just let's be overwhelmed by the problem. Yeah. I was reading, um, I was reading the other day this, this book and they were talking about this guy who was being, who was getting a health check and the, um, the, the doctor was getting his, this guy's pulse all the way up. And he's like, oh, are you measuring my pulse? He's like, no, I'm getting your pulse to the maximum and then I'm going to measure your recovering because health yes. is not about how much you can do. It's actually your recovery rate. Yeah. And I was, 
you know, you're talking about healthy culture and healthy organizations. I guess part of that as well is our ability to recover. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that comes down to health. You, you're totally right. Um, and I think there's a, there's a number of analogies there as well, because another one to look at is if you do any training at the gym, uh, which, you know, look at you, the, the beast that you are, Thomas Hansen. Um, <laughs> What, often, what, what you'll do periodically is you'll, do, you'll check out what your one rep max is, your yeah. RM. And your one rep max is how much can I lift? Now, you don't go for that all the time, but your goal is to work out what is that now, and then you go backwards to lighter weights and you work up, work up, work up slowly, slowly, slowly. And the goal is to keep getting stronger. So you keep improving on your one rep max over time and you know the the interesting thing is that we're facing this there is time involved in this time is actually and i, I talked to your team about this i talked to our team about it as well even in a crisis like this time can be our advantage if we use it well if we're going okay well my one rep max was here now it's here we've never made this many phone calls before we've never done this before we've never tried to do church online but we're giving all these things a go and what we're doing is slowly over time we're building our strength in new areas and uh, sometimes it takes a crisis to expose us to mm. new ways of looking at things which are going to strengthen us uh, in ways that we never would have before because we're so locked into our normal ways of doing things I guess there has to be from any leader like there has to be a level of humility as well to be able to read the data and adjust to it and not just go your own way because you think that's the right way. Yeah. You know, I think um, humility is a, an interesting concept because uh, it doesn't mean you, you aren't, uh, you know, strong in your conviction, mm. but I think humility is the, is the capacity to be able to say, you know, Hey guys, we tried this and it's not working or, uh, the the ability to to listen, you know, if if you're if you're proud, you know, I suppose the opposite of humility, you often struggle to listen to anyone else's opinions. Uh, it comes out of an insecurity that you feel like you have to have all the answers and you have to have the right way to do things. But humility is you're still leading, um, but a humble leader recognizes that other people in the room may have a better idea. And they're prepared to listen to that and they invite that kind of, uh, you know, initiative. And so, you know, I think it's really important that, you know, that humility with conviction, we, our, our, you know, what we're doing here in South Africa, what you're doing there, we're, we're called to build a church, to build a nation. That's our deep conviction. Yeah. But how we get there may requires a whole lot of different people to bring their thoughts to the mix. I don't have all the answers. In fact, sometimes, a humble leader is prepared to say, I have a deep conviction. I'm just not sure how to get there right now. And, and they are prepared to ask uh, the right people to seek wisdom, counsel, bounce ideas off people. Uh, that's, that's to me, real humility. It's, it's not just, it's not just saying it's not me, it's God. You, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, that's, don't that, that's kind of, yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. No, but it was you. No, no, it wasn't me. It was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, you know, real, real humility. Real humility is that idea that I play a part, and maybe yeah. I have a, 
significant responsibility to lead and an accountability to do that. But I'm humble enough to go, there are other people who can help us get there and I want to listen to them. And I don't want to pretend I have all the answers because I don't think anyone has all the answers right now. We're all learning and uh, you know we're learning from each other and there's new information coming up and different things uh, you know, that we're responding to all the time. Yeah, I love that. It's a, a side note. I was talking to someone the other day who was, who was like, a, you know, a, an expert in Greek language. And he was saying that it wasn't until the life of Jesus that humility was actually a compliment. Wow. That, yeah. That before, before Jesus, humility was, you know, someone that was looked down upon. But it wasn't until Jesus showed us servant leadership that suddenly mm. after the life of Jesus, it showed up in Greek literature as a compliment about someone. Yeah. Yeah. Which pretty, yeah. Look, yeah, I mean, the, the more you read in to how Jesus conducted himself, the more you recognize, you know, he, he was, he had incredible strength, but you know, just this incredible humility in everything about him. And it, and it just, yeah. so, so many times it's so contrary to what we can get caught up in. Uh, in society today and trying to prove ourselves, trying to prove our identity, try to prove our worth. And Jesus was quite, quite the opposite to all of that. Yeah, I think, I think maybe, you know, part of our challenge is that in temporary seasons, we often want to, you know, make these permanent decisions mm. when, when mm. really I, I think what all of us are trying to do is figure out what kind of scaffolding do we need right now? you know, scaffolding yeah. that we're going to put in place just for a season. It's not part of the permanent building, but we're just going to put it up for a season. Um, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> One of the things I've been asking as well is, um, what do we do about... Um, There's a lot of love. Every time we have a drink, yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. So much. Cheers. <laughs> One of the things I've been asking is um, what are the things that I'm learning that I want to keep after this? You know, not everything, um, you know, as you say, but there are some things and, and, you know, we're having a joke about, you know, United and football. But one of the things I've realized is that I can get so distracted by sport and there's no sport on right now. And so I think like you, I've been talking to you a bit. And every time I was talking to you for a while there, you were painting your outdoor, <laughs> uh, you know, your little garden area or your, you know, your indoor outdoor, yeah, your man shed or, and, and it's like suddenly, and, and I've, I've been out in the, in, you know, the garden more than ever. And I've been cleaning and organizing and redoing the garage and sweeping and, and actually, the amazing thing is, I, I feel really good after that. Uh, probably far better, even if my team wins, uh, than I do sometimes when I sit on the couch and I watch sport, sometimes for three, four, five hours, you know, I, I can watch cricket, I can watch rugby, I can, I can watch, you know, football. I, I love all sports and I just have become aware, my goodness, I can get distracted from that. And maybe I need to limit some of that in order to, because uh, there's other things that are far more, you know, productive. So, you know, it's it's just interesting to see how you take some of these things out of the equation and you find yourself more productive. I mean, if this hadn't happened, Thomas, you wouldn't have that 
beautiful outdoor area and that painted man shed. I mean, it, it would be good intentions. <laughs> it would be good intentions, wouldn't it? But it yeah. probably wouldn't have happened. No, I would have had to ask, like, Jesper, who's here with me, I would have had to ask him <laughs> to come and help. Jesper needs to come down to South Africa and help me. <laughs> so your, um, your prayers at the moment, I know that's, you know, that's obviously a personal thing, but, you know, how are you praying for, you know, clarity, courage, conviction in this season? Because I guess there's this whole balance between being you know, full of faith and, you know, fearless, but it's like, we, we don't want to be reckless either. Mm. You know, what, what I would actually say is I've been practicing uh, meditation uh, in, you know, Christian meditation, uh, using an app and, uh, you know, listening um, and, uh, you know, just not for a long time, you know, it can be three, five minutes, maybe, uh, sometimes a little longer than that. Um, and so really, I'm just trying to be more in touch with God um, right. than actually getting a specific word from God. And what I've found is I, I, I've been teaching a series, just thought, okay, let's look at Paul. Paul was in lockdown. Uh, the app, there's, there's two apps. One's called Soul Time. Uh, which is really good. And there's another one, uh, a newer one that someone sent me called uh, Quiet Time, which has a little more in-depth, the Bible reading. Uh, and then a, you read the verses, then there's an explanation, then there can be a little discussion, then there's a prayer. So Soul Time or uh, and, and Quiet Time. Uh, I'll give a little shout out. out. I've, done, I've done a few meditation videos as well that people can. Okay. Okay. Where can watch. they find those? On my Instagram, Thomas at Handsome. Okay, Thomas Um Yes, yeah, so, so, so then I feel like that's just given my, you know, maybe in my spirit's prayer, and then God's speaking to me more clearly. Uh, and yeah, so then we've been doing this series from Philippians. Paul writes to the Philippians from prison, and what mm. I'm amazed at, and I think all kingdom builders need to hear this because we're all kingdom builders, is. Um, he is so overwhelmingly positive. So yeah. Paul is in prison. Like his plans have been ruined. He was planning to go to the Philippians, but he can't get there. He's in prison and he might die. Like he's writing going, guys, this could be the end. And but this is not like a Scandinavian prison <laughs> with a PlayStation. No. And no, <laughs> this is horrible. And he's writing, but he's so positive. He's like, well, if, um, you know, guys, I, I may die, but to live is Christ, to die is gain. And we read that, you know, we get that tattooed uh, on us <laughs> underneath, you know, your Manchester United logo or whatever you have tattooed there. Um, but, you know, the power of what he's saying is he is overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly positive. If I live, I'm going to live and build the cause of Christ. But if I die, I'm with Jesus. And so, you know, that positivity is so powerful. It, it, it just blows my mind. I've looked at this in a, with a fresh perspective. And I think understanding a little more of a lockdown of someone in a season like that where their plans are radically changed, but can still be so positive and still say God's still at work, the gospel's still advancing. And I believe everyone, you know, here in Denmark, we need to understand the gospel is still advancing. And 
to keep that positive attitude. The only reason Paul could have that was because his spirit was full of God. You know, if if he gets negative, I mean, he's just going to be, I'm going to die. It's all over. You know, think about the negativity that we can spew out sometimes. He's in the worst of the worst and he's speaking with this positive faith. And I just think, you, you know, it's not, if we're inside, it's what's inside of us. That's that's the big question I'm asking myself. Yeah, and I guess, you know, you, we're talking to kingdom builders and kingdom builders are obviously, you know, linking into this. And I think sometimes we can so quickly think about what do I need to do? But really, if this is a reminder of anything, the focus should be on who do I need to become? Yeah, yeah, and that's out great. of that comes all the solutions and, you know, all the rest mm. of it. I was thinking of, um, yeah. yeah, you know, like, you yeah. know, when they, they, you know, when they make the, the, the pipes for the oil drills, you know, how they, they put these pipes under pressure that is way more than the pressure they will ever experience in real time. And I mm. guess maybe this season here could be one of those testing times where all of us are getting maybe pressure that we won't experience again in our lifetime, mm. but mm. it's going to show us what we're made of. Absolutely. Um, I, I was sharing with our team this week, uh, this idea, um, uh, high, uh, high control, no trust, uh, high trust, no control. Uh, so the idea is that we often want to control things. Mm. You know, we, we, we like to be in control, but the more we're in control, the less we need to trust. Right. You know, if I'm driving the car, I'm in control of the car. I don't have to trust the driver because I am the driver and I trust myself. But if my wife's driving, yeah. Thomas, and yes, Phil, she's a great driver. Let me just. Um, Are you going to um, go there? I know. He's a. This is why we have two cars, Thomas, so we can each drive separately. <laughs> it's good for marriage. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the thing I've realized is that when someone else is in control, your level of trust goes up. Now, right now, there's a lot of things that are out of our control. Things that, you know, we used to be in control of to do with our potentially the economy, the contracts, the business, the jobs, all of that. We, were, we could set a budget and we were pretty much, you know, going to be aware of how it's going to look. Now we don't know. We're not sure. There's so much more unknown. So control has dropped, which means trust has to grow. So our trust in God has to increase at times like this. And that's why that, you know, crisis reveals our conviction. And for some of us, it means going back to that place of trusting God. We used to be there, but maybe we've got to a place where we build a level of success. We've got a whole lot of control. And now because of all this, some of that's been stripped away and we have to go back to that place of trust. I have to do it with my team. We're not meeting in offices. You know, we can't see what everyone's doing. There's less control over our team. We've got to have higher levels of trust. Trust that they're doing the work. Trust that they're doing their job. So if you want greater trust, you're going to have less control. If you want more control, you're going to have less trust. And that's something that I'm learning from this is I am trusting God more than ever before because I have less control. And so that idea of the pressure the pressure comes and asks you, well, who do you trust? You know, who yeah. are you trusting at this time? Yeah, that's amazing. 
because there's that need for control. Hey, like it, that's you know, it's, it's what feeds anxiety. You know, trying to control exactly. things you can't control. Yeah, exactly. That's where anxiety, stress, all of that worry comes from needing to control things. And when you let go of that, uh, you let go of the worry, the anxiety, uh, you, you know, it changes you. It really does. And I mean, Jesus talked about that in Matthew 6. You know, Jesus was very strong on this idea of don't, don't worry, stop worrying. You yeah. Know? Learn, to, learn to really trust me. And uh, these are times when we have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the great equalizer at the moment. What do you think? Like, do you think leadership is going to change? Like, on the other side of this, you know, like obviously we're picking up a whole bunch of new tools out of the toolbox. You know, mm. when we get back on the other side, whatever, whenever, mm. whatever that means, do you think there's certain things that you've picked up in your leadership, for example, or leading a big organization? You got you know, 10, 11, 12, 20,000 campuses in South Africa, <laughs> you know, a massive church, massive staff. Like, do you think there's new tools that you've picked up in your leadership that's going to change? Yeah, I, and, and one of them that I'm reading more and more about, and I, I have seen that just in the way we've been working together is, you know, just to be more empathetic, um, and more aware of what's going on within your team. Right. And obviously it's hard to do that with everybody, but we can become so task focused, you know, so focused on just the function uh, that there's very little relationship, uh, very little, you know, friendship, you know, dynamics. And I think what's weird is that even though we aren't seeing everybody the way we would, we're trying to make Zoom or the connections we have uh, be about what's happening in your life a little bit. So yes, we're talking work, but we're also, hey, what have you been up to? What's been going on? What's your story? And so adding that dynamic, I think the relational element is really critical. That sense of caring um, of, uh, you know, I'm interested in who you are, not just what you do. You know, we've got members of our team i mean you've got young kids we've got a whole lot of our team who have young kids so you know they it's our kids it's easy for them for us for them doing online school they they want to kick us out of the room uh but for some parents you know you you've been teacher <laughs> and I what a blessing sorts. it's been <laughs> you've learned what a blessing it's been <laughs> I did, I did see one thing I thought was quite funny on social media. Someone saying, oh, yeah, uh, we're homeschooling our kids. And at dinner tonight, one of our kids said, I hope I get a different teacher next year. Uh, <laughs> which, obviously, as a parent, that, you know, can really be quite hurtful. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, you know, so you, you're, I, I think that's a big I also, one. I, I also that, saw that people are talking about it's going to be a baby boom. But really... I think the general consensus is that that's going to be first time parents. <laughs> I think it's first time parents. I think anyone with kids is going, okay, we don't need any more. Yeah. This is well and truly enough. Yeah. There's another pandemic. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, but I think that genuine relational connection is something that, that really is, is coming to the forefront. I think it's something we can develop out of this. Uh, mm. Yeah. And I just, I just, I, what I believe is I've had a bit more time to think and uh, thinking time to me is so important, so critical. 
uh, just you know, we've we've almost seen that as a as a luxury. As uh, if I'm if I'm not doing something, uh, there must be I'm not I'm not hustling. Uh, you know, I'm not. Work- but actually, yeah. taking time to uh, to withdraw to to just think is really uh, helping you to get out of everything you're in the middle of and give you creative thought. And that takes time. Your brain, I, I think there's neuroscience that talks about the need to step back out of the action, the activity, and to just reflect. So I think there'll be a little more reflection. I think there'll be a deeper level of empathy, hopefully of relational connection, thinking through and then stepping into. One of the things we've been talking about is um, productive patience. So, you know, in a season like this, you need to be patient, but patience doesn't mean I do nothing. Oh, well, we can't do anything. You know, that's, that's an excuse. That's a, that's a give up. Um, but productive patience is going, well, maybe I can't do some things, but I can still be productive. What does it mean to be mm. productive in this season? So we want to go to Durban in the future, uh, launch church there. And so, okay, we're going to be patient right now with when we do that, but we're going to be productive. So we've got members of our team looking at what is the best option for us. You know, it looks like commercial real estate, maybe, you know, getting cheaper. So we're looking at, we're going to do all the numbers, uh, but be patient for the best deal. And, uh, you know, so use those times rather than jumping at the first thing, taking time and really making it uh, effective, using that time well. That's brilliant. Uh, I should just mention that if um, if people want to ask questions, uh, there is there's the chat function that everyone can see, but there's also a little Q and A uh, tab that mm. you can press and ask questions. I think on the iPad it's in the top, and the computer's in the bottom. On the iPhone, I'm not sure. I don't know. Just find it. It says Q and A. You can click it, ask a question, and we will we will receive it. We'll do it. our best. We'll do our best with it. Um, you know, um, I think there's a quick assumption that everyone's season is the same. You know, I don't know about you. Just like, well, you and I, you and I we talk on a fairly regular basis. Um, mm. That's daily. <laughs> and uh, we're in different season, obviously, with our children. Nine, 90% stupid, 10% intelligent, productive, helpful. But it's, yeah, so this, it's the way this, it should be. Yeah, this is the, this is the helpful stuff. The rest of the week is now just stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. People don't want to see our chat uh, history, but um, it's, it's deleted. <laughs> it automatically deletes and encrypts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's easy to assume that everyone's in the same season as you. You know, like, oh, we've got so much time on our hand, and people with small kids are like, what yeah. time? You know, and like everyone's yeah. different. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that's on a lot of strain at the moment in this season is for married couples, mm. you know, sorting out, like, how do you do this? You know, you're in lockdown, obviously with your wife, with your kids, how do you, like, how have you and Lucinda and the kids, how have you done this? Like in terms of giving each other space, but at the same time being in each other's space, you know, and the rest of Yeah. It. Yeah. Look, I mean, one of my taglines during the lockdown is do the dishes, earn the kisses from the missus. Um, And I have washed more dishes, cleaned more than I ever have before. 
um, because we can't even, we don't have, well, now, just since Friday, there's now takeaway, uh, not takeaway delivery. You can't take away meal. You can get delivery. Um, but basically, we've had to cook all our meals. So, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you are cooking everything. So the kitchen is, you, you know, never had more work than it you know, ever has. Uh, it's, you know, so, I mean, and, and your dishwasher's going and the whole thing is, you know, happening and you're cleaning and your pots and pans and all the rest of it. So there are stresses. I think, um, I think for, for everybody, you know, there's no perfect family like our family. We love, I think we love having meals, particularly dinners are what we have together. But, you know, every now and again, someone will get ticked and irritated and someone will say something and someone will storm off and someone will yell at someone. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's just, that's just the reality. And I think um, we can't assume that everything's going to be perfect. We can't expect uh, that our partner is going to be perfect, that they're going to have a great attitude every day. So that's why to me, um, and I know it depends maybe on your season and with the kids, but something like taking time to be still before God and getting some kind of meditation, something that quietens your spirit can set you up for the day. That, I, I've just found that really helpful. And just to, when I'm getting irritated, <laughs> uh, to, to, to kind of to go back to that place and just go, okay, hang on, you know, um, take a deep breath. In fact, I was teaching my son that uh, rather than, you know, Zach, he's awesome. I was saying, Zach, when you get angry, just <laughs> count to three, all right? And before you shout, before you get aggressive, before you, you know, count to three and then, you know, take some deep breaths and you'll, you'll be amazed at how it will change. And the other day, it was so funny. He was so irritated. And I just, I just saw him. He just goes, one, two, <laughs> three. And he goes, Dad, it's not working. It's not working. <laughs> he, was, he was still. Um, but, you know, I mean, look, it's just, I, I think that he it's, actually it's a weird. The math. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's actually. Because you you, well, you can't, um, psychologists say you can't be logical and angry at the same time because it's, it's two different parts of the brain. That's very good. Yeah. So you should say count backwards from 121 in increments of three. Yeah. And in or, the beginning, or, your answers are all over the place. And which is why we make stupid decisions when we're angry. So you force yourself to be logical and the anger dissipates. Yeah, because emotionally you've lost why you were angry because you've gone into logic mode. <laughs> yeah. This is brilliant. I love this. From now on, when Lucinda and I are arguing... I'm going to stop in the middle of it and I'm going to throw an equation at her and see what happens. Bam. Yes. It's like a beautiful mind. It's better than throwing a cape on her. Yeah. Or having her throw something at me. Um, yeah. That's, you, you know, like a physical something. Um, yeah. So look, I, 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 I would say this though, look, you, you know, if people are really struggling, there are people you can talk to, you yeah. know, like we do, what's good about our relationship is we do have fun and laughter. And I think that lets off steam 
for both of us. And, you know, I've got a few friends like that. You've probably got a few friends. You just need to have a few people in your world uh, that you can have a laugh about things with and, you know, give them a phone call, have a FaceTime, you know, sometimes just get yourself out of the room, change the environment, you know, go for a walk if you can, you know, whatever, do, do 10 push-ups, do something to change that moment and uh, just, just to help you in it. But um, we all face those and we have the pros and cons. I mean, we love that we're all together as a family because our kids are growing up and this may be the last time we have a time like this, you know, Bella's finishing her high school, uh, you know, doing her matric. She may end up in Copenhagen. She's looking at, you know, school there, uh, you know, university there. So, for us, we're trying to make the most of this. Um, and yeah. uh, But there are, there are real moments. And I think we've got to acknowledge them. I think being honest, being open, and uh, having good conversations as well. Like Lucinda and I try and have a little bit of time where we just get to chat uh, sometime throughout the day uh, yeah. where it's just us. And, and that really helps. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, with uh, I'm just taking a few of the questions. Um, with you know leading an organization, or for you, it's obviously a church. For other people, it would be a business. How do you like? What have you put in place to actually, you know, you're talking about trust and control, but how do you still gauge the health and engagement of your organization and of your team? Well, some 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 things, uh, you know, I mean that 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 comes down to measurements. Like, okay the health of your team, you do have to have some actual measurements. So we have some actual measurements, which are, you know, we have goals for how many phone calls we want to make and we can see who's making the phone calls, what locations are making the phone calls, what teams are making the phone calls. We have goals uh, for different leadership groups and we can see, okay, who's really taking this seriously and doing that. Uh, maybe it, our measurement has changed from uh, what it used to be, which used to be, you know, connect group gatherings, but maybe now they're Zoom gatherings. It used to be a gathering of, you know, how many are coming to a service. Well, we can't do that, but we can measure different things. You've just got to know what are the measures of health because some things are a measure of deeper issues. So if I look at our uh, locations and go, oh, wow, gee, they've made 500 phone calls and this location's only made 20 phone calls. Well, you know, what's the, what's the reason for that? And, you know, that's yeah. going to be a conversation. And is it because uh, they have less people? Actually, we've had to buy data for some because, you know, they want to do it, but they physically can't afford it. So maybe it's a practical reason. But, you know, health is always something you can measure. You can measure it. You just have to make sure you're making, you're measuring the right way and you're not reacting to what you're measuring, but you're asking the deeper issues. Maybe it's just that a leader doesn't understand how important that is. Maybe they're not prioritizing it because you haven't communicated to them that this is what matters right now. And so that can come back to us asking the question, Mm -hmm. am I communicating with my team, what really matters in this season? What are the high things? What are we celebrating? So each Tuesday we get our team together, we celebrate certain things. So we celebrate 
with our whole team, all the staff, everybody on Tuesday morning. One of the things we're celebrating right now is how many phone calls have been made. We're celebrating, uh, you know, how many food parcels we've given out. We're celebrating how many, so um, how many groups met on, you know, Zoom or however they met. So all these things we celebrate, you know, what you celebrate, uh, you uh, reciprocate, you know, and so if we celebrate certain things, then that becomes the focus. So, uh, you know, you, you've got to make sure you are looking at measuring the right things. And that means also, Thomas, you know, you, you can't just compare to what other people are doing. You've got to look within the context of what you're building. Yeah. So, you know, we're doing online church and then I'll hear stories like, you know, Chris Hodges or, uh, Craig Rochelle, you know, <laughs> 10,000 people got saved in their online service. And, you know, you're like, oh my goodness, why do I, yeah, yeah pop, why do I even bother? But, <laughs> but maybe, maybe that's the wrong measurement for me. Maybe our measurement needs to look different. Like we know in South Africa, if, not everyone, if everyone wants to see what yours and my relationship is like, that's it right there. Okay. <laughs> 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 Thomas mentioned something and then I go, yeah, well, we did this. And Thomas's balloon pops. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's good, Thomas. It's, a, it's teaching you humility and it's helping you to think bigger. It's all of those things. It's helping you grow. Thank you, Michael. Um, that, that's what I'm there for. But, but it is really important that we're not comparing ourselves in a way that's unhealthy either. Yeah. But we're running our race and we're looking at our context. So like I say, in South Africa, there's some people who, We've been putting our messages into WhatsApps. Uh, so it's a low data option. So people can get access to it because data is expensive here. Um, so you've got to understand the culture and where you're at and, and make sure you're measuring um, effectively to, uh, to where you're at. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it's, I mean, I guess it is a time as well to see who rises up and who, who hides off your leaders yeah. and off your team. Are you riding or are you hiding? That was one of my thoughts last week to our team, which came nice. from when I did the, the Cape Epic, which is a mountain bike race that goes for seven days. It's an absolute brutal thing. And when I was training for it, uh, it was one Saturday morning and it looked like it could rain, but it wasn't raining. And one of my training partners uh, texted me and said, are you riding or are you hiding? And it just hit me <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, man, he's asking, am I making the excuse and pretending? And I'm like, that's it. Get on the bike and just go, you know. And I think right now in seasons like this, people, some people will make the excuse and other people yeah. will get out and ride. Uh, and, and it doesn't mean you have to have the best ride. It doesn't mean you have to do the best, but you should do something. And measurements help us to see who is doing something and then ask the deeper questions. If you're not, why not? Are you just being lazy? Are you confused? Are you freaked out? Are you overwhelmed? Or are there legitimate reasons that we need to help you so you can get um, moving forward and productive? What would you say, uh, we've got a few minutes left, but what would, you, what would you say to, you know, obviously we're kingdom builders here. Kingdom builders, they are, you know, they have a desire to build the kingdom, obviously. And maybe mm. their ability, ability right now is, is weakened. And mm. there could be a whole sorts of feelings of shame or guilt that they can't commit or you yeah. know, do what they committed to. What would you say to that? Well, look, you know, it's like anything. It's, it's, we, things hit us that we're not expecting. And yeah. um, 
And, you know, what, what I love is, again, in times like this, reminding myself God's in control. Mm. Um, and God's grace is there and God's grace is sufficient. And, you know, I know in our church, and I've no doubt in, you know, Denmark, people are doing their best. And mm. I, am, I trust that we have great people who are doing the best that they can and I think you've just got to, again, realize, you know, over time, things change. And right now, it may be a tough season, and it may remain a tough season for people's giving for some time. But to me, if there's a conviction, you're just going to do what you can. Mm. And, you know, learning to give in a tough season sometimes, or continuing to give in a tough season, maybe even if it's at a smaller amount, can sometimes be harder than giving a bigger amount when everything's great, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so to me, it's never about the amount. It's about the heart and about the spirit. And, you know, that's what Jesus was all about. You know, Jesus mm. celebrated a, a widow who gave a small amount, but he celebrated her because he knew the heart and the intent behind it. And, you know, that's, to me, that's all that matters when it comes to kingdom builders. I believe yeah. we've got some amazing people who are going to build phenomenal businesses whose careers are going to go forward. And maybe this is a season when, you know, things aren't exactly where they'd like to be, but that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. just, just keep the right heart, keep the right spirit, learn through it, grow through it. And together we're going to keep building church. And, uh, you know, we'll have, we have some seasons that are really prosperous, some seasons, you know, winter months, spring, summer, we see these seasons throughout life. And what I do believe is I believe this season can make all of us stronger in regard to who we are, the conviction of our spirit, our understanding and our trust of God, so that when the good times do come, and they will come, you know, I have no doubt there will be really great prosperous times ahead, uh, that people will have learned from this and it will make them better able to handle the blessing and success and prosperity that God brings their way amazing because you know the thing is you value when you've been through a tough time you value success more right you know when you when you've had to say okay i'll take a pay cut when you you had great plans it was all going and then suddenly it's not what it was okay that hurts there's a reality to it uh but you also understand as you get through that that when you get on the other side of it, you do, you just value everything so much more. You know, people say that when, you know, man, you know, they, they had a, a near death experience or a, a you know, potentially, uh, you know, a disease that could have taken them out and they, they get healthy again. It's like, man, I'm, I'm living differently. I'm valuing days uh, because I went through pain. And so pain is a great teacher uh, you know, I don't wish it upon anybody, but I know that painful times in my life have produced something great uh, in me. And so I pray that that is what will happen. Any kingdom builders who are going through really tough times, going through pain, that God is going to produce something incredible in them through this that is going to make them better, uh, stronger, more resilient people, more wiser people, you know, more generous, more uh, understanding of God's goodness uh, in the years, you know, days and years to come. That's amazing. I guess I, I, I think this is one of the reasons I love local church so much. You know, like the business 
people, you know, can have a community like this that can, you know, help encourage and carry in seasons mm. that might be, you know, tough and mm. that so quickly isolates people and they just have to do it on their own. You know, local churches is here to help and carry and encourage and pray. And it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I love about the Kingdom Builders community is that it's a community. So, you know, there are times when some people are doing great and others are struggling, but you're not on your own. And I know yeah. in South Africa, I'm sure, you know, with you guys as well, that Kingdom Builders encourage other, others. They've, they've built over yeah. the years, over time, they've built this, these relationships. So there's, you know, prayer to each other. There's, hey, you know, just, a, just someone to talk to. This is what we're facing. This is what we're dealing with. And, you know, knowing you're not alone, being part of a Kingdom Builders type community is so helpful and so healthy. And exactly, Thomas, you know, that's what the local church is all about. And, you know, to me, Kingdom Builders, as much as it is about a amount of giving and finance, it's and, and building the kingdom externally, it's also internal. Mm. You know, when you're a Kingdom Builder, something is building inside of you. You know, there's something inside of you that is growing because you're yeah. choosing to be part of this. And that's what I, I love about it. That's what I've seen. Lucinda and I have seen in our own lives. You know, we started giving into Kingdom Builders when we were youth pastors in Sydney. You know, had a small income, you know, and like had a deposit, basically saved up for a house and pretty much were like, well, I want to give a whole lot of this. And Lucinda was like, I feel it as well. Let's do it. And it was a massive stretch for us at the time. But it just did something in us that made us, you know, totally more reliant on God than we ever have been. And just seeing God provide uh, in so many ways since then, uh, you know, that that journey is what we're all on. And it's it's powerful. So good. Well, hey, Phil, I think on that, we got to cheer. Time to cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers, everybody. Hey, this has been unbelievable. And uh, hopefully more than me have been blessed by it. Um, I think everyone, I hope everyone has. It's been good fun. <laughs> it's so good. Hey, thank you so much. We love you. We love uh, your family and everyone in South Africa. And uh, can't wait to see you in the flesh. Yes. Love you guys too. Uh, really, I'm, I miss Copenhagen for the uh, organic hot dogs. Yes. The, uh, the almond croissants oh my god uh, yes and uh and your family and your church church is awesome you're also your girls are pretty <laughs> special as well they i know they love i know they love uncle phil so you know they do even though bella sometimes calls you auntie phil um <laughs> yes even though bella always addresses you with full name you're never just phil you're always hey phil dooley <laughs> yeah phil dooley i appreciate that to me it's a sign of respect yeah, it's honor. Which I it's don't, honor. I don't, I don't get that from my own kids. So I appreciate it from from your Bella. That's, well, I don't get it really... from her either. So, not <laughs> <laughs> nah, she's giving someone honor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So good. But hey, all we right, want to mate. say thank you to all the Kingdom Builders out there as well. Thank you so much. For, yeah, thank you, everybody. Not only watching, but also you're leaning in this season. You guys are absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, we're praying for everyone. We really are, and. Really yeah. appreciate everyone's support and believing that uh, through all of this, like we've been saying, we're going to get better. God's mm -hmm. teaching us a whole lot and we're going to continue to grow and continue building church together. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. See you later. Ciao. See ya. Bye.